Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. If you do for the rest of the year what you're doing right now, that is hearing the Word of God, what kind of impact would it have on your life? If you don't let up, not one little bit. If you just keep pushing forward with this word for the rest of the year, relentlessly, relentlessly pursuing God, do you think your year will be a good year? Do you think it will be a, a, a better year than even last year? Well, I, I believe it would be. I believe that if, if we will do, uh, do for the rest of these 52 weeks, of 2020, what we're doing right now in this room, right now in this space, hear the word of God. It will have tremendous impact on our lives. But also therein lies the challenge, 52 weeks. 52 weeks of consistency, 52 Sundays, 52 Mondays, 52 Wednesdays. 52 Tuesdays, 52 Thursdays, 52 Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Over and over again, every single day, listening to, hearing, speaking, thinking, meditating on the Word of God, it would have impact on our lives. It is really, it is really persistency that causes impact. Not one blow consistency daily every day multiple years of doing it which will cause greatness you know a lot of people think greatness is uh, something that we an act that we did one time no that's not great that's a, it's good but greatness is something you do over a long period of time long stretches of time and consistent at it. That's what makes for greatness. You know, when we look at athletes, we think of great athletes um, as people who have been in a particular sport for a particular uh, for a long stretch of time, and and at the end of it, um, we pronounce upon them one of the greatest ever, or the goat. What made them the goat? Because they had a good season? No, because they've had great seasons. And in the midst of those great seasons, they've actually had some times where it wasn't as great a season as before, but they stayed consistent. I know, I know this, and I, and I know that there's probably many that are stand with me on this, but you cannot take away from the greatness of this one player who plays for the um, New England Patriots, who is now sitting down for the rest of the season. Uh, and I'm grateful for that, even if there's some, some uh, New England fans out there. Uh, uh, but you can't take away from the greatness of Tom Brady. Can you not? It just, you, you just can't. I mean, he's, he's a great player. He is the GOAT. I mean, year after year, for 20-something years, he's been the greatest player. He's been, he's been, he has become a great player. Maybe the greatest, arguably the greatest quarterback ever. But it's because of a duration of time and consistency. 
subsistence. He will, he'll have to enjoy, though, the rest of the season from his lazy boy chair. But that doesn't take away from his greatness. It doesn't take away from it. So what I, I, I want to share with you today, and, and, and I want to teach this as a first thing, but a thing that needs to be consistent and persist for the rest of your, your days this year. So I want, I want to teach on the teaching, Jesus' teachings on first. Jesus' teachings on first. He says first several times, and we're just looking at really in one book, in the book of Matthew, where he used the term first. Now when we hear the word first, what do we think? We think that this is the first thing that needs to be done, right? You know, if we talk to our children, it's the first thing I need you to do is take the trash out. Right? What do we tell them? What, what's, what, un, what is undoubtedly the first thing they're supposed to do? Take the trash out. Right? Take out the trash. And so today we want to talk about first things. First things or Jesus' teachings on first. Now, when I read through this, I said, man, this is really good. And if we are consistent in this, this will be, this will, just this teaching right here will make a difference in your life for the rest of the year. So let's look at the first things, things that Jesus said to do first. As we are in 2020, um, let's look at these things. And so I'm not going to read much of the scriptures, but I'm just going to read the scripture um, uh, that, that pertains to what we want to hear. So Matthew chapter 5 and verse 23, and it reads, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. And every time you see the word first, I want you to say it with me, all right? So I'm reading out the NLT. So I'm going to go back again, and when you see the word first, you, you say it with me, all right? Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, everybody say, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So the very first time that you see this word where he uses the word first is in this particular scripture. And he says this, he says, before you give a gift, before you you do something that is seemingly a good thing, a righteous thing to do, he says, make sure there's first harmony with your brothers and sisters. In other words, um, God is saying that charitable gifts, contributions, generosity, without harmony with your brother or your sister, is not what he's looking for. In other words, he puts a priority on people more than a priority on material things, contributions, acts of kindness. Because that could have easily been deemed a religious act. When many times when we hear the word religion, I know sometimes um, we hear it and sometimes we think of religion as, as a positive thing. And it is. It doesn't have to be negative, but it is negative when religion takes away from the essence of what God sent, was down, sent down here to do. Uh, it's about people. It, it's all about people. And so anything that, is, that keeps us from that reality, that 
that my, my walk down here on this earth is about people. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am nothing. Though I give my body to be burned but have not love, I am nothing. What is he saying? He's saying that, that the reality of the gospel is about people. He's saying that I came that people might have life. That's what it's all about. So he says, as we're given, let's make sure that first and foremost, that our, our gift is somewhat sanctified or set apart by our harmonious relationships with other people. So he said, so Jesus says, no, before you give, make sure you got things straight with your brothers and sisters. Make, make sure you're working things out. Make sure that you go to them first so that you can, with a good conscience, that I'm doing things uh, as God would have me do them. I'm giving not as a religious act, but I'm giving with a heart of compassion. I'm giving out of, out of a sense of I've got things right with my brothers. How many of us have done that? How many of us have, have considered, even before coming to church, you may be about to sing, maybe about to serve as an usher, maybe, maybe I'm about to preach. He says, same thing, when you, when you leave your gift at the altar, he said, make sure that before you leave it, before you sing, before you usher, before you greet, before you teach, before you um, work on the sound booth, make sure that you got things straight. Make sure that there's harmony. Make sure that you got peace with your brothers and sisters. Because otherwise, it is simply an act a religious formality. Oh, I got to go. I got to be an usher today. No, you don't have to be no usher today. We started with zero ushers and we can end with zero ushers. Now, I got to sing. I got to. No, no, no. You don't have to sing. You don't have to. We, we can go down to bare bones. We started with bare bones. Well, I, 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 I got I to gotta, I serve the children today. I got to be. No, 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 you don't. We don't always have children's ministry. Because if harmony is not between you and your brothers, as much as it depends on you, then what you're doing is simply operating in religion. You're doing it out of religion. She so says, so before you give your gift at the altar, make sure you go back. She says, stop right there and go give your gift. You know, just make things right. Get, get them right. Just, it's not that hard. It's as simple. And you've done your part. Hey, listen, if I've offended you, I uh, just want to say, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I asked your forgiveness. Uh, you, know, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't mean to come off like that. How easy would that be? And it's a very humbling thing. When we humble ourselves, other people have to either get a little stiffer, or they're going to humble themselves as well. And then we have a flow. We're not grieving the Holy Spirit. Not, we're, not, we're not grieving the Holy Spirit. All right? So first, first make things right with your brothers and sisters before you give your gift. Whatever that gift is, before you give your gift, let's make sure that it's you straight with other people. All right? That's easy. And if we did that for the year, for the rest of the year, all year long, I guarantee you the year will be better.
because your conscience won't lie to you. If you don't have things right, it won't make it so that it, it'll tell you, now, I, I can't hear from God. Not that God's not speaking. It's just that you, your conscience is ruining you. It's messing you up because there's things laid out there. Number two. Number two. Let's look at another scripture. Therefore, do not worry, saying, verse uh, Matthew chapter um, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31. Therefore, do not worry. Everybody say, do not worry. Say it one more time. Do not worry. Say it again. Do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek. Oh, y'all a little slow now. But seek. The kingdom of God and his righteousness or his way of doing things or what makes it right with you and him and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. God has this magnificent, powerful uh, invisible even way of bringing order back to the things that we are in disarray that are out of order when we first seek him I don't know how it happens either it's a, it really is amazing to me how I can spend time with God and 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 from that not necessarily that everything automatically gets back in order but in my mind in my spirit I receive peace Seek first. Seek first your Facebook account. Mm -mm. Seek first emails. No. Seek first the internet, website, whatever. No. It's just seek first the kingdom. Look what, look what God is saying to you first. What would happen that if today you left here today and, and from the rest of the year, the very first thing you did in the morning was seek God. Very first thing. I mean, before you did anything else, you picked up your Bible, you read the Bible, you prayed, you meditated on the Word of God, whatever it might be. You did that first. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to have order in your life. It won't be disarray. Simple stuff. Very easy stuff. Well, I don't have time, Pastor. Well, if you don't have time to seek God, then you're too busy. You're too busy. That's the bottom line. Well, I'm always moving. You don't understand how much I got going. I got to take my kids over here, and I've got to get to work, and, I, and I've got all these things. No, you, you, you don't understand that he says as a principle, put him first. And all this other, all these other things will be done will be taken care of. You won't have to use energy or time in worry. Worry costs you a whole lot, doesn't it? I mean, it's just, it will eat you up. It'll, it'll, it'll put you high blood pressure. It'll do all of those things to you. And really, all you have to do is see God first. See God first. You know, one thing that never, never stopped 
throughout 2019, and this is not a boastful thing, it's just my reality, is that I never stopped seeking him first. Through many a trial, through many opportunities to worry, I sought him first. I sought him early in the morning. I sought him at 3 a.m. and I sought him at 4.30 a.m. I sought him at all kinds of times, putting him first. And I'd use it almost like a key. Anytime I knew I needed, I, I always just say, okay, let me just shut down a few things and seek him first. It's, re- let me t- it's really just that easy. Pastor, what, what I'm going to do, I got all of these and, I want, and all of these. No. Seek God first. See God first. It is really just that easy. Seek God first. Seek God first. Next thing. Number three. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 4, 4. Matthew 7 and verse 4. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite? I'm a hypocrite? Remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, now here's what happens on this particular scripture. This is what happens most often. It's like tables turn. I knew it. You just need to mind your own business. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that 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 if you're not if you're not seeking God and have an introspection and have a time of meditation and time spending with God, then you can't have clear vision enough to be able to speak correction or love into someone else's life. I'm, I'm very careful as to who can correct George Logan. I mean it. Not everyone has the right. I need people to be seeking God to correct George Logan. Because then I know they're clear. Their vision is clear. If you're not seeking God and I just want to tell you my feelings and, and I just want to let you know something. No, you, you, you don't qualify. You don't qualify. Do you hear me? You don't qualify. Those who qualify are those who are walking and living in the light. Meditate and spending time in the word of God. Having a fresh flow of the word every single day in their lives. And then they can see clearly to speak a corrective word to someone else. First, first spend time with God. First be single-minded. First be single-eyed about the things of God. And then we will be able to see clearly because it will be out of an act of love, not out of an act of condemnation, not out of an act of judgment or being judgmental. It's out of an act of love. All of those things come out of a relationship with God. All right. So, So deal with and work on yourself first. 
before indulging in the lives of others. Matthew chapter 12, verse 28. Now this is a good one right here. Verse 28 says, But if I cast out demons in the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter the strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? And then he will plunder his house. Now this one here is very interesting to me. And it's interesting because... Um, some people don't believe in demonic activity. Like demons are not real. Demons are just issues of the mind. But over and over again, Jesus deals with demons. Now, one person would say it like this. Well, haven't we graduated from demons? Uh, didn't didn't, didn't um, Jesus... Uh, you know, they just didn't have the, the wisdom and knowledge that we have today. And so, therefore, um, uh, they didn't have a, a, a real understanding of demons. Uh, demons are really just uh, the evil that exists in a man's mind. Well, over and over again, Jesus kept dealing with demons. Now, I want to ask you a question real quickly. Because he, these are words spoken uh, by Jesus. Um, is anyone in this room as smart as Jesus. If you are, you raise your hand right now because then we're going to cast the demon out of you. <laughs> Is anyone as smart as Jesus? No, and yet Jesus over and over again dealt with demons. And he said this, he said, Bef before you can clean your house up, we have to come face to face with the reality of demons. That they do exist and that they have existed and that they have plagued families and lives through generations. And he says, if you will take care of the doorman, you can come in and plunder his house. Because he's protecting it. He's watching over it. And so sometimes... Lasting, lasting, um, uh, um, lasting change doesn't take place because we fail to deal with demonic activity. And we fail to, to, to renounce things that have come in from demonic activity. And we fail to remove squatters from off of our property of our soul and our mind. And so they're good with you feeling emotionally good for a day and for a, a few days. And, but, but they have something like, you didn't ask me to go, so I'm not going. And it's not a shame on you if you have had a demon in your life, a demon pressuring you, a demon that's controlling you, a demon that has been uh, there just uh, as an influencer over your life. It's no problem. I, I would suspect that every person in this room has had some demonic activity in their lives. Some demonic activity. For instance, for instance, if you find that you can't give up gossip, 
then you might have a demon. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm on a demon hunt right now. <laughs> but he says, bind the strong man. That which has existed in many of our families for many years has existed. It may be existed in low self-esteem. It may exist in pride. It may exist in, 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 in perversions. You know, there's, no, there's, no, there's a reason why the father, the son, and the grandson, and the great-grandson all act alike. One was a womanizer. The next one was a womanizer. And the next one is a womanizer. And the next one is a womanizer. Where did that come from? It comes from that which has been here for a long time that just continues to go through the generations. But we can say we can put a stop to it. We can bind the strong man and then plunder his house. In other words, we can renovate the house. Tell him to leave. Tell him to go. I pray this year that you'll first bind the strong man in, in areas of your life or in areas of other people's lives. And don't, don't treat it as, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it. No. Do you want to be set free? Or do you just want to continue in the journey of being oppressed and seeing the generations behind you oppressed? I am so wonderfully glad that I can address demons. I'm glad because if I didn't know that, then I would just say this is the way it is, this is the way it's always going to be, nothing ever changes. And we just got to live with it. But first, bind the strong man. Now, once you bind the strong man, that's not the end of the work. Matter of fact, the Bible is, even says, if you get rid of a demon and don't replace the house, don't reform the house, don't put new stuff in the house, he said, they'll be, he'll come back again. Oh, I lived here before, and he'll bring back seven more, worse than the first. So that's why there needs to be renovation or renewing of the mind. A mind that has been under the duress and the oppression of a demon doesn't know how to think like a free man. If, he were, if I were the demon and he were in my captivity, all he would do is he would, he, would, he would listen to what I said and even when I wasn't there, he would think I was there and he would still operate under that oppression. How many of you just saw that story? It's, just, it's a beautiful story of freedom, but it was a horrible story of oppression. Um, it, just, it was just on the other night. Um, the, the, young, the girls that were, um, were, what, 12 years oppressed. Do you remember that? 12 years oppressed. 12 years. 12 years. And even when they had opportunity to leave, they were afraid to make a move. They said they had opportunities when they could have ran out the door, but they were afraid that the captor would get them. And I'm thinking the whole time, sledgehammer, hammer, uh, brick, rock, something, bang them upside the head, but I've not been under that duress. But notice what happened when the captor got taken. Notice what happened when one of them just was bold enough to step outside that door and yell and scream, took their chance. So when you take care of the demon, you can, take, you can go plunder his house. 
And so I need us all to be kind of real with ourselves today. If there's something oppressive in your life today, whatever it might be, you, uh, if you need help getting rid of that demon, come to us. If you handle, can handle it yourself, do that. But definitely, definitely seek out help, and then your renewal can start. It's like trying to, to do it otherwise. It's like trying to get your mind renewed while still being in prison. So, anyway. All right. Did you get something out of that piece right there? Demons are real, but they're not, they're not, they're not more powerful than our God. And we need not be afraid of them. And number, number six on this. Five, okay. Woe to verse uh, chapter 23 and verse 25 of Matthew, yeah. Woe to you, scribes. Here's religion, y'all. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee. What? Blind Pharisee. Blind Pharisee. Cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, and the outside of them may be clean also. So number five. Work on the inner man first instead of pretending to be something that you're not. Choose authenticity and not pretense. Choose authenticity. It's okay to be 100. It's okay to just be who you are. Not to be pretentious. And and, and while the inward man is being renewed day by day, who cares about what's going on on the outward man? We don't have to cover up anymore. God is doing a new thing in our lives. So choose authenticity. Choose God working, cleaning up, and, and doing some things on the inside of you. Because pretensions, acting, Hypocrisy takes more work than just being worked on from the inside out. You know, there's one thing that's good about when we used to go over to the prison and, and, and I go over, get invited to go over and consider going back again, is that one thing, they can't pretend over there, can they? I mean, they can't pretend that they're not in jail, in prison, can they? they, get, they it's a reality. And so it's easy to speak to that as opposed to the pretentiousness of, of trying to make others feel that you are that or you are this. It's just easier just to say, you know what, I need to, I need to surrender. I, I need the help of God. I need the love of God in my life. So choose authenticity over pretension. And let God do some work on the inside. Last thing here this morning. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37. 
And you know this script, this particular scripture. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the and great commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Last thing, that, that we, if we just do this one right here, you know, we can just forget about all the rest of them. Just do this last one. Love God. Make God most important. Because if we do that part right there, everything else will be taken care of. That is the great commandment. Love God with all your heart. What does that look like? It means I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend time with God. I, I want to know God. I, I want to I be in God's presence. I'm going to make every opportunity to be with God. And then I'm going to hear from God, and I'm going to do what God tells me to do. Love God with all of your heart first. Love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. Do that this year in 2020. If we all do that, if we all do that one thing, love God with all of our heart, soul, and might, all of our strength, then we'll, we will have a wonderfully blessed 2020. We'll have a tremendous year. So Jesus' teachings on first. Number one, seek harmony with your brothers and sisters. Number two, purpose to seek God first. Number three, always deal with yourself first. Number four, deal with the demons that may have plagued your life. Number five, seek authenticity over pretension. Deal with the inner man first. And number six, love God with all of your heart mind and soul those six things will cause us to have a tremendous tremendous year in 2020 your heads bowed your eyes are closed let's pray father we thank you for this day today we thank you so much for loving us and watching over us and taking care of us and helping us to be who you've called us to be and to live a life of of authenticity and genuineness before you. We need your help in all of those areas. We need your help to love you. We need your help to honor you by honoring others and show harmony and peace with others. We need your help in all those ways. And so we receive your help this day. Thank you for giving us a thirst for you, a delight for you, a hunger for you, a desire to be in peace with all others to love you and to know the height, the breadth, and the width of your love for us. We praise you for it now in Jesus' mighty name. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.